BAM Radio Network. I want to see if the curriculum is indeed focusing on larger concepts and processes. And by the way, I would include these thinking processes in that mix, decision-making, argumentation, and so on. You would see students doing proportionally more talking uh, as opposed to some classrooms where students are silent and teacher is the only one doing the talk. Any teacher teaching in the last 15 years will tell you that there is literally too much content potentially could be taught and not enough time to teach it all well. Welcome to ASCD Connect, supporting your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host. In an era characterized by rapid change and deep challenges, how can schools teach students the sophisticated and flexible thinking skills they will need to thrive in the workplace and engage in complex problem solving? I'm Anthony Rabora, Editor-in-Chief of ASCD's Educational Leadership. I'm excited to be joined today by Jay McTie, the well-known instructional design expert. He's the author of numerous influential books, including the Understanding by Design series written with Grant Wiggins, and most recently, Teaching for Deeper Learning, Tools to Engage Students in Meaning Making, which he wrote with Harvey Silver. He writes regularly for educational leadership. His most recent piece, co-authored with Harvey Silver and Abigail Boots, is titled Five Ideas for Developing Real-World Thinking Skills. Welcome, Jay. We're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about the origins or development of your interest in teaching complex thinking skills. Well, it has been a longstanding interest. Uh, I've been in this profession now 50 years. Fascination with, with the idea of teaching higher order thinking came in my early career in gifted education, working with very able students. And higher order thinking, so, so-called, was one of the ways of differentiating. However, after some years of working on and, and focusing on developing, quote, thinking skills with very um, capable students, I increasingly was of the persuasion that these kinds of skills were important for all kids, should not be reserved just for the top three or 4%, et cetera. And so uh, launched more, more widely and generally to promote the teaching of thinking as part of the regular curriculum. I see. And as you note in the article, you know, there's a high demand for these type of skills now in the world and in the workplace. So you also say that schools often struggle in teaching these type of skills, even, even when they have a stated emphasis on these skills, they're not well integrated into instruction. Why do you think that is? What are the barriers or challenges that stand in the way of this kind of teaching? I think there are several factors that might challenge the teaching of these kinds of more complex thinking skills, uh, one of which is, is simply the content demands. And this is not a new problem, but if anything, it, it's an, a problem that's accelerating by virtue of the fact that in some subjects, notably history and science, the quote content is, is growing daily, whereas our, our time with students is, is largely fixed. A second potential barrier is the fact that some teachers may not be comfortable or really know how to facilitate the development of thinking. Mm-hmm. Some teachers aren't as comfortable in what I would call that facilitative mode of teaching as opposed to more didactic presentational mode. And then a third factor that I think is perhaps operative is the influence of high stakes testing, mm-hmm. uh, accountability testing, which uh, for certainly for public school educators is impactful. The results go in the paper and schools are judged on how well students perform on those tests. Because virtually all standardized tests rely on primarily a selected response, i.e. multiple choice format, and perhaps a few states have some brief constructed response items, I think there's an overall perception 
that because the state tests or the standardized tests are multiple choice in nature, that they are simply uh, testing low level knowledge and skills. And therefore to prepare for the test, teachers just have to cover a lot and do a lot of practice testing. In my experience, however, there's a flaw in that, in that argument because what's interesting is the most widely missed items on standardized tests are not items that are low level, i.e. just factual recall or basic skills. The most widely missed items are at the depth of knowledge level three, which require reasoning and thinking and interpretation, uh, not just remembering. Nonetheless, I think the perception that these tests are calling for low level skills and therefore there's no value in working on the higher order uh, competencies mm. uh, may get in the way. Just to identify the think- kind of thinking skills you're talking about, uh, in the article, you and your co-authors group them under the IDEAS acronym for inquiry, design, evaluation, argumentation, and systems analysis. How did that list come about? I mean, why are those particular uh, skills so central right now? The list came in part from our analysis of the world and of some of the sources that are arguing for the development and the need for the development of these competencies. But I'll give you a couple of sources. One is uh, a group called NACE, mm-hmm. which is the National Association of Colleges and Employers. They do an annual survey asking employers and, and various industries and, and higher ed, what are the most important skills for the present and future? A similar group, the World Economic Forum, does something similar internationally, asking what are the most important job skills for the present and future? And not surprisingly, the lists that emerge from these surveys are quite similar. And they're calling for things like critical and creative thinking, the ability to work well with others and so forth. I see. So there's um, a, lot of, a lot of support for these. Uh, correct. To, to be quite honest, my, my colleague and good friend Harvey Silver loves acronyms. <laughs> so <laughs> ideas uh, is the acronym we chose. And, and we don't claim that those are the universe of all important skills, but we, we think they are among the most important. Um, one other thing, if I may quickly mention, um, I've been working with a number of both schools and districts that over the last, let's say, seven, eight years have, have worked on the identification of what's often called a portrait or profile of a graduate. Uh-huh. And this often occurs through a community-based inquiry process where people are asked to think about the kind of graduate they're trying to produce. And it's not surprising that these kinds of skills are almost always called for mm-hmm. by you know, these profile competencies. I see, yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned that some teachers are just not very good at this or just haven't had training in this. What is your advice on how they can get started in this kind of teaching and how they can start integrating these skills? Are there some basic steps, ways they can, questions they can ask? It's a great question, and, and my uh, longstanding aphorism applies here. So it's a three-part aphorism as a recommendation. Think okay. big, start small, and go for early wins. Okay. So think big to me means as a, not only an individual teacher, but hopefully a team or a, or, a, or a school or a district would say, we recognize the importance of these kinds of skills. And so we want to be clear and dedicated to try to do a better job developing them. And we wanna think about maybe a a more thinking-based curriculum over time, but we're not gonna start there. We're gonna start small and we're gonna go for early wins. So let's start by asking as an individual teacher or a team, 
what activities, projects, performance tests are we already doing that engages students in one or more of these complex thinking skills? Let's highlight those activities or projects or tasks. And maybe if one or two teachers are doing them, maybe we can spread the same idea to some other teachers. So rather than reinventing wheels or even reinventing wheels, let's start with what we're already doing. Secondly, there are many resources available uh, so teachers don't have to create ideas or projects from scratch. Let's find one or two uh, well-vetted successful projects that we can either emulate or bring in and adapt. It's easier to build off something that's already developed than to create something from scratch. Um, and finally, let's share how things work with our colleagues in teams and, and help each other out because invariably trying something new, there'll be some missteps or some rough spots, but, but don't give up on that. Rather say, what do we learn from doing this task or this project? How can we make it more effective next time? I see. Now, now getting back to the content question, you mentioned this in the article too, that to teach this way with this emphasis on deep understanding and knowledge transfer, you have to focus less on trying to cover every bit of content or every standard. And yet you also say that schools still need relevant content knowledge to complete these projects uh, and, and make them interesting. So what's your advice for education on, on, on finding that balance uh, between teaching important knowledge without covering everything? My answer goes back to my work for over 20 years with Grant Wiggins on understanding by design. We have been unequivocal in our recommendation for all those years. Because there's too much content in the curriculum, and because not all content is of equal value, or all standards are of equal value for that matter, let us focus and prioritize the curriculum around a smaller number of, quote, bigger ideas. Ideas in the form of concepts, principles, LES, and processes, the key processes of the disciplines and focus our teaching around those. Letting particular topics and, and more, more discrete content be used as vehicles, but focus on those transferable ideas and processes. This enables us, A, to focus and prioritize the curriculum, not try to cover everything as if it's of equal value, but secondly and importantly, will enable us to have the time needed for students to be more active, what we call meaning makers, to actively think and try to apply learning um, as opposed to just be passive receptors of teacher disseminated knowledge. Yeah, I see that's great instructional advice for schools as they try to recover from the pandemic and seek new directions. So thank you so much, Jay. We appreciate your taking the time to share your expertise and knowledge. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us. To read Jay McTie's article on teaching real world thinking skills, check out the May 2022 issue of Educational Leadership at www.ascd.org slash el. If you like the ASCD Connect podcast, you'll enjoy listening to ISTE's Learning Unleashed with Carl Hooker. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to ASCD Connect, supporting your journey as a life-changing educator. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.